first of all, thank you so much for joining um, and for coming along to one of the, the live series roundtable events. Um, this is a series that connects some of the world's top engineering leaders to engage in a topic of discussion. Um, and my name is obviously Jamie, and hopefully, as you know by now, I work for Amicus, um, and we're a specialist technical recruitment agency focusing on JavaScript, Python, and Golang recruitment across Europe and the US. Um, so today's roundtable event um, is going to cover the topic of how to navigate your career in uncertain economic times, which Gustav very uh, kindly came up with us um, on that topic. So um, as I said, I'm really excited to be joined by some of the top engineering leaders from some of Europe's top tech businesses. So I'll give everyone a brief introduction um, and then I'll ask everyone to go through a, a brief intro into themselves and, and their current situation. So um, as I mentioned, firstly, we've got Gustav. Um, so Gustav is currently an engineering manager at Zoopla um, and he also has a past working for some of the largest financial firms. Um, how are you today, Gustav? You okay? I'm doing all right. Good, Thanks, good. Jamie. Was well, it my clue? <laughs> <laughs> um, perfect. And then secondly, we've got um, we've got Iris Winter. Um, so Iris is the the head of engineering at X Design, um, and she has over ten years of software development experience in total. So, how are you doing today, Iris? Good, thank you. I'm just trying to change my face to look very pink, but I think it's better. <laughs> Don't worry, the lighting in my room is terrible. You look absolutely fine. Um, and then last but definitely not least, we have Ravin Patel. Um, so Ravin is the tech lead over at London-based GetGround. Um, and funnily enough, myself and Ravin have known each other a long time. Um, when I joined Amicus four years ago, he was the first engineer that I placed into a, a new position. And four years later, it sounds like he's still having a great time and, and still loving life there. So how are you getting on, Ravin? You okay? Yeah, all good, Jamie. Thank you. Uh, thank you for a good four years. <laughs> no problem at all, mate. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so as I mentioned, I'd, I'd just like everyone to give themselves like a, a bit of an intro to, to everyone else, just so that we're all kind of on the same page about level of experience and what some of your past experiences have been. So Robin, while you're here, we can start with you if that's okay. So would you mind just giving us like a brief run through in terms of kind of how you got into the career you're in now and I guess mm -hmm. some of the, the challenges that you've maybe faced along the way in, in terms of moving into a leadership role? Yeah, 100%. Um, so quickly, briefly, um, to go over my past or my experiences. Um, so I kind of took a different route uh, coming into this career, whereas um, I did an apprenticeship with Sky. Um, did that for a couple of years and then kind of jumped into um, kind of being building up Now TV as it is um, today. Um, I was in Now TV for also like a couple of years. So I did about just about four years at, at Sky slash Now TV, and then um, then I thankfully met Jamie, who uh, put me in connection to uh, loads of different startups. Because at that point in my life, I really wanted to uh, jump into something that was um, fast paced and uh, lots of opportunity and responsibility to uh, really grasp onto. Um, he gave me a few selections, but I went ended up going on with uh, GetGround. Um, when I joined GetGround, uh, there was kind of no engineering. So I was like their first employee um, as a front-end developer. Um, and this was about four years ago. So it was uh, the CEO of the CTO, Mubin uh, Mizrab and myself, and we had a contracting team with us. And then through there, we um, got rid of the contracting company and then I had to help them build the engineering side, um, slowly getting bigger and bigger. And then over the course of the four years, uh, really built um, this kind of website or platform through kind of like conception to like actual you know, production uh, realization for um, for lots of different users all over the world to connect to. Um, so since four years ago, I was number one, and now we've got about nearly 90 employees, I believe. 
um, around that. And uh, I've grown from just being a front end engineer at the beginning to uh, now being a team lead, which kind of is like a gray area over an engineering manager role kind of thing. But uh, it is a startup, so everything's kind of like blurred lines and things are just blowing up everywhere and we're fixing things and patching things up. But um, and that's roughly my journey to where I am today. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. And, and just to clarify, so in your position at the minute, you mentioned there, that's, it's a little bit of a gray area between engineering manager and tech lead. So how many people are in your team at the moment? So I directly manage about five or six people. I should know the answer as I imagine, <laughs> but five or six people cool. um, I directly manage. And th those come across as um, front-end engineers, back-end engineers, QA. Um, and then my day-to-day -day is kind of liaising a lot with product design, sales, business, um, to make sure that uh, we're kind of fueling this team to um get everything that sales and operations needs, but at the same time, what users need. So um, yeah, this is my kind of gray area between them. Um, because yeah, I also work day-to-day -to -day as a dev as well, but less and less nowadays, a lot more running after people. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, yeah. sounds familiar. Um, yeah. Thanks a lot for that, mate. Appreciate it. Um, and Iris, we'll come to you next. Um, so would you mind just giving us like a run through in terms of your career history and all the way up to what your position consists of now? Yeah, sure. Um, so, well, I kind of started building websites um, back when I was in school. Um, it was a little side gig when it was all like frames and things that you cut up in Photoshop. Um, and then I went to uni to study, um, it was called digital media, um, which was a little bit of everything media related, 3D design, very nice course. Um, but when I came out of it, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I didn't want to be an, a software engineer, web developer. Um, so I, back then, I applied for so many different roles. I didn't even get any interviews. I applied literally from store manager at Little to um, all the different things I could think of um, until one recruiter called me and said, I know you didn't apply for this role, but I have this opportunity as a junior software engineer or web developer, it was called back then. So I thought it was fate and um, I interviewed and started with that company. And then I kind of worked um, through kind of junior, mid, senior software engineer, then became a tech, tech lead, which was to what Raven said exactly this kind of blurred line of doing some line management and still being the tech person um and I decided that I really liked the management path and just over two years ago I started at X design as engineer manager um so back when I started there was about 50 people in in the company and I was looking after um the front end team which was seven engineers at the time as engineer manager since then we are now 300 in x design um and we're about 100 and 100 front end engineers um so that's how i became kind of head of engineering was we're like recruiting 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 and building up um a really big engineering team Brilliant. Thank you very much. Some journey. Um, and who said recruiters are all bad, especially if that's how you got into the industry? Pretty pretty good story. Um, and then Gustav, obviously, last but not least, would you mind giving us a, a brief run through in terms of your career history and what you're up to with Zoopla at the moment? Sure. So um, I started my career as an assembly slash C developer 
on the embedded devices. Uh, which then I thought, okay, maybe this was a bad career choice now that I look at it, given that the embedded systems roles, especially in C are really well paid right now. But I then decided I wanted to move a bit more to the web world, which I did. And after that, I wanted to move to finance for a while just to see how it looks like. And uh, yeah, so I spent about seven years working on finance systems, mainly Java and C Sharp. And after that, I thought I had enough of that. I had enough experience in finance and I wanted to find a mid-sized company that's dynamic enough, but not as dynamic as a startup in which I also worked in the past. So I found Zoopla and uh, yeah, it's now my perfect place to be. Good man, brilliant. And um, obviously as an engineering manager, what are the, the kind of team and everything that you manage currently? Oh, so my team is eight engineers right now, but we also have this concept of engineering lead leadership at Zoopla. So I'm responsible for a bit bigger area that like covers maybe 20 engineers, but I'm more than happy with, with, with the scope. And I can feel every day that you know, we, we're making some impact, we're making some changes, and we can see those a lot faster than some of the bigger organizations that I've seen. Yeah. Worked at. I can, I can imagine why. I know obviously you've worked for like the likes of HSBC and stuff in the past, and obviously those kind of companies are great, but like you say, they might not have the agility and the, the ability to do stuff quickly uh, that you've, you've probably found in your role at the moment. So um, perfect. Well, thanks everyone for, for running through that. And hopefully now we're all kind of on the same page in terms of uh, people's uh, experience and, and where they're up to at the moment. So We'll, we'll jump into the topic for today then, which, as I said, Gustav came up for us. Um, and I think it's one that's really, really important at the moment. I mean, anyone that you know hasn't been living under a rock knows that there's so many tech businesses at the moment, some tiny startups and some huge tech corporations making a lot of cuts within their team, which is leaving a lot of software engineers available on the job market. Um, and this is a complete 180 from where we were last year where um trying to find a software engineer for any role was so difficult because it was so um it was it's still a very in-demand skill set but it's it's totally flipped on its head um at this point of the year so what i'm conscious of is i speak to a lot of people obviously with the my role being as it is and um i think hearing it from people that have kind of not necessarily been in that situation but have all kind of moved jobs in the past and um i'm sure no people that have been affected by this so I think the first kind of area that I wanted to to kind of touch on was um, when you have all moved um, positions in the past, how did you find the right position for you? Because obviously, you know, with the level of experience that you all have, you're all going to have plenty of opportunities presented to you when you, you open yourself up to work. So how did you kind of land yourself in your current position and how did you know and, and what did you do to ensure that it was the right position for you? Anyone feel feel free to jump in. By the way, it's, it's a bit of a free for all now, so just just go for it. Oh. Well, I'm I'm happy to jump in. So I guess um it's quite interesting because I think over time it has changed a lot for me. Um, but um, what what I found is is really interesting is that. Um, you almost need to take a bit of a step back, I find, and kind of gloss over everything that you are getting told by the person referring you, by the person that are recruiting you, by the people in the interview. I think it's, it's a good... So for me, people is very important. It doesn't matter too much what I do technically. I'm quite happy to 
and work with any technology, but the culture of the company is is quite important for me. And I find that it's quite difficult because when you interview somewhere, especially if that company is quite desperate for your skill set, um, they'll obviously put their best foot forward and you'll hear that typical talk. Um, and I've I've worked for many companies where I've gone into the interview and it's been this um we are on this trajectory and there's one company where I was um engineer number one and I was told like over the next year we're gonna grow double, triple in size and um we're gonna build this team up and, and um it didn't turn out that way. So I would say for me now it's always important to take it with a bit a pinch of salt and um make sure to do some background research if you can but also take background research with a pinch of salt i think every company will have negative glasgow previous but um to just like do some research on there yeah that's a really interesting point and one that a lot of people speak to me about is when they've kind of been promised something and then when it's not followed up on that's why they end up looking for work um just on that point with that particular business do you feel like looking back now there's any kind of research you could have done beforehand or anything you maybe could have asked in an interview process that would have made you aware of the fact that it wasn't actually going to happen or do you think it was just a case that it was a, a promise that wasn't delivered on um it's a good question so i don't really um i don't really think a lot about it or think oh could i have done better if i hadn't known before like as a, i enjoyed my time there and i definitely learned a lot from myself um it's just kind of a learning that i think i should have been more cautious like i'm i'm naturally very trusting and if someone comes to me and tells me things i'm i'm naturally quite like oh yeah that sounds great that sounds like the best place um to be and and to just be a bit more cautious and know that people will tell, if they would like to hire you they will typically tell you what do you want to hear or if that happens a bit or not it's very true. Yeah. yeah, it's very true. Um, something we see a lot. Um, has anybody else got any kind of points on on how they kind of got to where they are and, and what they feel like some of the right things that they did were along the way? Uh, yeah, I could, I could probably jump into this one. I think um, my, my experience, at least here at this, um, this start, has been um, quite different from the normal road that most people would go down, like bigger businesses and such. Um, I didn't have much to prepare on when I first came here. We didn't really have the real idea of all um, kind of like the clear direction where we were going to go, how we were going to do things. Um, even like when it came down to the tech stack, they just left it all on me to just pick everything and what I want to do, which is amazing. I loved it. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, it was um, it'd be very overwhelming. So um, luckily, I did have many opportunities to talk to someone obviously is Robin Lubin, but uh, something that we're doing here at Get Ground as well, we're introducing like our devs to like um, like our candidates and like building those connections so that if they do end up taking the offer, they have a connection to talk to with us. And then um, we kind of tell them like what we're doing, the stacks that we're using, and this kind of helps them prepare um, a lot more. But uh, for me personally, I think um, because it was such a wide range of what we could do, I had to literally learn what are current companies doing? What have big companies done that have failed? And could be good advice to like a startup company. I had a few friends as well that also were um, kind of like in early startups that I kind of bounced ideas from. 
Um, so that helped a lot because um, I didn't have much opportunity here to like talk to someone or bounce ideas off because no one was really in the same boat. Um, but as well as that, as much as learning as I could from my friends and um, all the research I did, every day was still a new challenge or a new opportunity to learn something completely different and throw me completely off the path. Um, so th the idea that I've kind of built my way through this was trying to take every day as like a new learning experience basically and um there was um there was times where um if i was learning something new at the beginning of the day at the end of the day i would try to perfect it or try to put some added research behind it um to then help me hopefully in the next day or in the coming weeks so um i think a lot of it uh, has to come down to just being able to be as flexible as possible um and try not to be as stubborn as you could try to absorb as much as you can to then help you boost to your next step to your next step to your next step yeah um, it, it's obviously quite a difficult um balance strike isn't it between getting what you want but also being quite open-minded um yeah. it sounds like obviously you, you've pretty much hit the nail on the head with that one um but it's obviously good that you you know you've managed to come through that and um obviously from the situation you're in where you're on your own and then you know being able to, to scale the team up it's i'm sure been a massive learning experience if nothing else so um yeah. i'm sure that you know if you ever do move on in the future and stuff it's um it's yeah great life experience if, if nothing else behind that so um and, and, and Gustav, you mentioned before, obviously, that, you know, you've had experience working in a lot of different companies. You feel like Zoopla is like the perfect place for you to be. So how did you kind of come to that realization? Did you know that before you started or is it since you've started that you, you kind of grasp that? I'd say it comes with experience from other companies. I have a bit of a comparison, but in terms of making future career choices, num number one, I think it's, it's good to realize that there's no such thing as a safe career choice, no matter how much research you do. There's always some risk related with your next job. And it doesn't matter what the economical or political situation is at a certain time. Um, the second point I'd say is, Yes, I agree with Iris here that it's really good to observe how the recruitment team, how the people on the call behave versus what they say, <laughs> because this, this can tell you a lot about the organization, whether they're late to interview or have they promised to send you over something, but they haven't, or you can't really call them anytime as they promised. So these, these are some things that I probably look at quite a bit. There's also quite a few portals to which you can go and check whether the company wants their recent funding or are they applying for another funding uh, um, piece. So so these are the things I, I would look at. There's also publicly available revenue reports that, you know, not, nothing's for sure, but this is what I would concentrate on mainly. And then the rest once you started working there, it's all dependent on how is the organization reacting to your feedback on things that you think could be improved or things that you bring with your experience, whether they help you to implement it. And I know there's a, generally speaking, there's a lot of companies right now on the market that allow for that culture to, to, to grow uh, within organizations, but it's also not that every single company will be like that. So these these are the things that, that I would basically look at. Yeah. 
I think, again, it's, it's really important that you've got that kind of experience from the past so that you've seen kind of companies that will deliver and won't deliver on their promises. And I'm sure you can notice like patterns within that. Like you say, little things like it's only tiny little promises, you know, being on time for an interview or saying I'm going to send you a document and they don't. It is all kind of a telltale sign as to whether or not kind of a business has, I guess, their their files in order and, and knows what's going on and, and are able to be structured. Um, obviously, within like startups and stuff, that's a little bit more difficult because of the you know working environment and how fast paced it will be. But like you say, if someone promises to do something, you expect them to do that, and I think that's the the absolute minimum you can expect from um, from a company that wants to ultimately get your services. Um, so I guess then in terms of the, the situation at the moment, so as we mentioned before, there's a lot of people in a, a situation at the moment where they may kind of, you know, um, we've seen all kinds of horror stories all over LinkedIn of people like being put on like a whole company Zoom call and, you know, hundreds of people at once being told that they no longer have a position. It's a very difficult position to be in, not just mentally, but also then, you know, looking at, you know, your financial situation. And um, one thing I'm always really conscious of is is that I, I, I don't like the idea of people just rushing into a job because they need to. Ultimately, you know, people have bills to pay, food to put on the table, and it's important that they're employed, but you don't want to jump from, I can't remember what the word is, but from like one boiling pan into another is kind of the, the route I'm going down here. Um, I, I guess, what kind of advice would you have to people that are in that situation at the moment, and, and how would you kind of advise that they get through that situation initially? I can start on this one, I think. Um... So t taking out the um, yeah the financial pressures and everything that could come along with um, you know losing your job because of cuts, um, I think it's a it's an important opportunity to then take a step back and um, kind of reevaluate why you might have been let go. Um, so again, you might have had might have mental pressure on like some mental health issues after this because you think they cut you because you know you're not good at your job but really it might have just been the idea of um last one in first one out kind of idea and and if it is then take the whole situation with a pinch of salt and try to work on yourself and move forward um if not and if it's something a bit more um kind of like performance based then take that feedback um work on those skills take those opportunities to take courses, read materials, talk to people, how you can upskill yourself. Um, a lot of the times when you're trying to look for a new job, but you're not ready, the confidence in yourself is just not going to sell yourself properly. And it's just going to hinder your process towards getting that next opportunity that you might really, really want, but you haven't worked on yourself enough to bring that confidence out of you. Um, so definitely take it as an opportunity to then also look at what might have been missing out of that job that you were just at might have been a new job might be a job that you're at for a very long time um as you said Jenny, it, everyone tends to might jump into the next thing and that's for them but the next thing might be not the best thing for them might be much worse than they were in before um so really kind of evaluate how you were feeling at that company how do you feel in terms of your own professional skills um you can upskill and then as well as that What's the next opportunity that's really going to make you a lot happier and make you feel a lot stronger and confident in yourself to progress further in your career? Um, obviously, those three areas you need to think about. Yeah, 100%. And I think what, what you mentioned that is really important is that you kind of take a step back. And um, if it is a case that maybe you've been let go, you know, out of choice because of performance issues and stuff like that, um, it is a really good time to kind of evaluate and see, you know, areas that you can improve because, 
you know, trying to make a, a silver lining from it, it's then a, a chance for you to take some time out and actually upskill in those areas so that when you're in your next position, you're not going to have those problems again because you understood, you know, what, what was going wrong and, and actually took the time to fix that. So um, I guess making the, the most out of a bad situation. Um, so um, another thing that I just wanted to throw in here just while it's on, on my mind is that I think the good, well, it's not a good thing, but again, trying to bring a silver lining to it is that, you're never going to be the only person in this situation, especially at the moment. It's happening to thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of people across the world. There's a lot of people that are in the same situation. So speak to people that you know, whether it's people that you work with directly, or you might see a post on LinkedIn about somebody who's just been, you know, the um, the subject of a company cut. Speak to those people, see how they're feeling about it. You know, don't be afraid to like reach out to people and, and have that conversation um, and, and speak to people that you know you can trust about it um, and appreciate that they're going through the same thing as you. There's, there's nobody better to speak to, in my personal opinion, than someone who's either going through or been through the same thing as you before, because you know, they'll understand exactly how you're feeling and, and they'll be able to give you pointers in terms of how they handle it or are handling it currently. Um, so yeah, just a massive point, I think on that to, to make sure that you don't kind of um, wallow in it and allow you to allow yourself to kind of go through it on your own. It's, um, it's a tough thing. So don't be afraid to reach out to, uh, to anyone for help. Um, has anybody else got any points following on from, from what Ravin said about um, kind of what you suggest to, to people that are in that situation currently? Um. Yeah, I think just um, so I don't know if this is good advice, but this is kind of my approach because we were talking about like jumping from one boiling pot into the next. So over my career, one thing that has really stuck with me is I was working at a company where I wasn't happy at all. And the manager kept telling me that I need to stay because it will look bad on my CV if I have less than a year experience um and over time other people told me actually in our industry that we're in they won't look at it that much um so i have actually been at a company for three months <laughs> left after or after two months because there was no work gone back to my old company been there for six months and realized it was mistaken <laughs> and jumped again um so what I would personally do is not to be too afraid because it is like Raven said, it's like really scary situation and it might have an effect on the mental health. And I think it can influence people in thinking I need to like really find the perfect safe job now. But like Gustav said already, I think don't think there's a safe job and no one knows. Like people that have gone to Facebook thought this is like their their start of the career and and, and thing for life and, and being made redundant. So I would personally be open to take a leap of faith sometimes um and maybe join like you did, join a startup and it might work out and it it, it might may be the best thing ever. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, and a really opti optimistic way of looking at it as well, which I like. Um, and it's so true what you said about um, like short stints on CVs. I was literally speaking to somebody this morning um, and they'd worked in companies for like two years, three years, three years again. And then there was one that was three months. And obviously I said, oh, you know, what was the situation in this position? Um, and he explained it. And the, the way you put it, it was almost like, well, if I had stayed in that position, it would have stagnated my process by another two, three years because I was working on stuff that moving forward just wouldn't be relevant to what I wanted to do. And I think it's totally the right thing. You know, if you're in that kind of position and you feel like it's going to 
kind of stall your career or stall your your learning and development it is better to kind of bite the bullet and and find something else because what you don't want to do is get too comfortable the longer you're there the more comfortable you become the harder it becomes to leave and and like you said there iris with one of your previous managers kind of um i wouldn't say blackmailing but almost making it sound like um it'd be a terrible thing for you to leave your position like you've got to look after number one ultimately so um yeah i really like that approach um gustav have you got anything to uh to, to add on to that sorry yeah, on one hand, I just wanted to reinforce what Ravin said, that I wouldn't take this situation or decisions personally in most of the cases. Um, also wanted to add it's okay to feel not okay in, in, in a situation like that. So it's good to be open to seeking some mental health advice or using any resources that most of the companies provide just to help you go through that period. On the other hand, I would also agree it's not great to just jump ship and go to another job without any period of reflection and retrospect. So besides reflection and retrospect, I'd also advise starting building some networks. So not just know people at your company, but go to events, listen to podcasts, write a person that you really like that podcast, you would like to, you know, just meet them in person, talk some things through. This always helps when you have a bigger network. Um, and these are the main things I would advise. And then we are in a bit positive situation in our industry that albeit there's there are redundancies ongoing and it's not great. There's still a lot of open roles that were never fulfilled because, you know, the, the, this industry is still massively growing and it doesn't seem like it's going to stop for a while. So there's, you know, that, that positive message. I absolutely love that. If I could, if I could just snip that and just put that everywhere, that'd be great. Um, two points that are really, really important. The first one about networking is something I was going to mention because, um, I think what, what sometimes people do is they may be in a position for three, four years, very comfortable and feel like, you know, they, they've kind of got it all figured out and they may do, you know, ultimately that's that's the case with some people. But what you don't want to happen is that, you know, should the day come where you're made redundant or you need to leave a position, you don't then kind of want to be a, a one man band and, and kind of be all out there on your own. You want to be able to have those connections where you can go and speak to people and um, get a grasp on, you know, their advice on what you should do next. That could be a fellow software engineer. That could be a friend who's nothing to do with software. It could even be a recruiter. I'm, I'm always speaking to people that are kind of just looking for a little bit of advice on the market or, you know, wanting to know whether their salary is at the kind of market rate, anything like that. Once you've had that conversation, you've then got a connection with that person. And I think that's so, so important. I think a really, really good point. Um, and the second one as well is the, the kind of tech industry at the moment. So as you said, you know, there's ultimately so many cuts being made. Nobody can kind of deny that or, or ignore it. But there are still so many companies hiring. Um, you know, the last kind of six months of last year was still one of the busiest that I've ever seen in, in my kind of five years of doing recruitment. Um, it, it will slow down and it will it will start again. We saw it throughout the, the pandemic a couple of years ago. Things slowed down for six months. But the following year after that was... I can't even explain what it was like. It was an absolute free for all. It was crazy. Um, so many, so many positions available. Um, so it's it's kind of just like riding the crest of the wave a little bit. Um, and it can be really difficult to see it like that, obviously when you're in that kind of position, but it's just, as we've all said, we've all been in that situation where we've seen it go up and down. We are in a bit of a downturn at the moment, but ultimately it's not a rock bottom and there's still so many, so many opportunities out there for people. Um, Another thing just to clarify, so I can't remember who it was before, I think Gustav, it may have been yourself or, or maybe Iris that mentioned about Glassdoor reviews. Um, 
that's obviously just one way that you can like look into a business. Um, and we've obviously talked about funding and stuff. What, what if you obviously you're all very happy in your roles? If you were to move position now, what, what are some of the things that you would look into about a business before um, you actually interviewed with them or before you took an offer with them? And and what are some of the places maybe that people can can use to to do that kind of research? So. I might be a bit old school here, but I like to talk with the recruiter that's talking to me on what research he has done about the company and what they have told him about the challenges, especially about the recent two or three years of history, whether it's a blog that they publish on and whether they're transparent about their information. Because the worst thing that would happen to me is if I hear some positive things from the recruiter and completely omits that six months ago they made a redundancy round. So this is something that would be a bit of a breach of trust for me. Yeah, I think it's really important to, to kind of get that uh, like non-biased perspective on it. Ultimately, if you're speaking to people at the business, they're going to want to hire you, so they're going to you know tell you all the nice things. The recruiter, or at least they should, give you an honest outlook in terms of the positives and negatives. No company's perfect. There's going to be good things and bad things about every single company that you work for. Um, so, yeah, really important, I think. Has anybody else got any other points that they would like ensure that they or someone they know should research before before going in somewhere? Um, well, so I mentioned the Glassdoor reviews before, and I'm actually like, I do read Glassdoor reviews, but I'm very cautious because people usually leave Glassdoor reviews either if they are unhappy um, and so unhappy that they need to voice it, or if they are part of the marketing team um, and want to raise the profile. Um, so I, I read class or reviews, but that's not going to be kind of my go-to and, and decision maker. I think uh, what Gustav said, like speaking to the recruiter, but also the people that um, interview, I think it's really important who are they sending to interview you. So we make a point of um, having lots of different people at different stages and they are all software engineers. They are your peers. Um, and there's always question time as well. So use that question time to ask honest questions, like what's your favorite part? And quite often you can tell from there, are they being genuine? Are they actually enjoying their role? Or are they just being sent here and they have to you know, hire people? Um, and then you made the point about networking. I think there's such an important part, obviously when you just start out, that's a bit more difficult, but now, um as you progress the more you network the more chances is that you will have someone in your network even if you're not directly know them but you're connected through linkedin who might know that company or might know someone who knows works at that company and that i think can help as well a lot a hundred percent. And that's a really good point on the, the networking is it, it doesn't have to be someone that you are best friends with. So if I think obviously Robin, I've known for a long time, but Gustav and Iris, I, I've probably been connected with you on LinkedIn for a long time. We've never spoken. And the reason that we ended up speaking is because of this event. So it just goes to show that a LinkedIn connection can can actually go a long way in terms of like building bridges and, and being able to do that. Um, and I think the point as well in terms of meeting people is really, really important, particularly if you're going into a startup or if you're going into a particular team within a business. Like I, I think back when I joined Amicus uh, four years ago now, I think we were maybe four or five people in the business when I joined. 
and the, the main reason that I joined along with a, a few other things is because of the people that I met. Um, I wanted to make sure that if I was going to be sat in an office with only four other people, I've got to make sure that I got on with those people and that those people are all, you know, people that I feel like I can trust and I can, I can work well alongside. Um, so when going into an environment like that is, it's vital for me and it's kind of a, a deal breaker that you have to meet the people that you're going to be working with day to day because ultimately they're the people that you're going to be spending probably more time than you do with your family. So um, you've got to make sure that they're all kind of people that you can see yourself working with. Um, is there any any other kind of points that we've missed on that, do you think, outside of like, and sorry, just to, I don't want to kind of make this all about myself, but just on Glassdoor reviews, um, I totally agree that you've got to take them with a pinch of salt. I think when the, the real kind of red flags pop up is if you see the same thing being repeated constantly, whether that's good or bad. If you see the same thing good over and over again, like 15 times, it's like, well, you've probably been told to say that, or like you said, Iris, maybe in the marketing team. Um, and if it's the same bad thing, it's if, you know, nine, 10 people having the same bad experience is probably a big issue within the company. So um, yeah, just something to, to keep an eye out for. Sorry, I'll, I'll shut up now. Who, who is going to um, bring in the next point? And I was just gonna say on the on the glassy one because it's so it's so funny. Um, I I know of companies where it's actively people are being asked to write positive reviews, and I think the the reason what I'm personally thinking if I read reviews now, if they are really positive and the only negative isn't really a negative, I think it's fake. So. 100% you lead like on the cons it's like oh it's just a very fast-paced environment might not be for everyone then you're like mm, i'm sure there will be something that you can find that's actually negative 100 percent um well i don't have much to add except saying that those those points that everyone brought over absolutely on point i think 100 percent transparency is like one of the biggest things that i'll look for in the next company um i think um also having building a network with hopefully people inside that company is going to bring a lot more out of what the company's actually like rather than a recruiter just trying to pull you in. Um, no way is perfect and everyone's got an opinion on how things should be better. Uh, I tend to ask the um, the recruiters like rather than aiming for the positive I go okay now just tell me why, why did the last few people get fired for example what what's happened recently in the business that's caused morale to go up and what's happened to cause morale to go down and um, and then sneakily, I also ask my interviewer the same questions to see if they match just in case, <laughs> but, um, but it's the whole idea of just bringing out this information from different sides of the company, different people. Um, also another thing that I've done before is that if I know that maybe a bigger company is maybe hosting an event or I know some of their engineers are going to certain events, I'll go to the same events and try to ask them in person. Cause normally in person, they kind of give out a little bit more than they would in an interview but um but 100 those points were on on the spot yeah no, I think I think the, the the kind of key takeaway from from what everyone said and what Robin just kind of wraps up on there is that you need to speak to different people within a business to understand whether it's right or not for you. There'll be certain people in a business that will, uh, you know, if they're not happy there, they may just tell you all the negative things. If someone really wants you to work there, they're going to sell you all the positives. So get a real gauge of people who have been in your position before. Um, it's something that we're really conscious of, like when we interview people internally, um, the directors may speak to someone, for example, but then we'll always make sure that like three or four people meet them afterwards. And the first thing I always say to them is, look, ask me anything. It doesn't get reported back like if you want to ask me a question about culture a working environment anything at all ask me i'll be 100 percent honest with you um because i've been in that situation before where you kind of sold the dream 
you're in there for a week and you realise, like, ah, I see what's happened here. It's uh, it's not all it was made out to be. So um, definitely really important on that. And um, I think, t- to be honest, we've probably covered most of the, the kind of core points. Um, just in terms of like resources, because what I'll, what I'll do is when this is kind of published, I'll, I'll leave a list of links. So we've obviously mentioned Glassdoor. Um, is there any other kind of resources or websites or anything that people would recommend to anyone that's interviewing actively at the moment and, and looking to do as much research as possible? So I think, I forgot the name, I think it's Auto or Ota recruitment portal that has a lot of artificial intelligence browsing through investment data and company morale, yes. which gives a lot of nice insights about companies. Um, then I, because we, we also use quite a bit of hacker job. I don't want this to become like a public yeah. stunt and I'm, I'm not being paid by hacker job, <laughs> but, but there's a lot of additional insights that both the candidate and the hiring person can get from from hacker jobs not just the insights into technology and then there's obviously linkedin profiles of the people that um that uh, are about to interview you I, I like to ask about their linkedin profiles if they're hidden it's a big red flag for me yeah 100% no that's and what, what you mentioned about Otto is really good as well like again I'm not being paid by Otto but it is a cool platform um, one thing that's really good that they do is um, when you look at the it's either them or there's another recruitment platform called Cord it's one of the two I can't remember off the top of my head but it shows you um, what percentage of candidates uh, receive a reply to their response and in what time frame so sometimes you'll go onto a company and it'll be like a little it's like a circle that, that fills up with progress and it may be red and it say like um, 25% of candidates hear back within two weeks well personally if i was applying for jobs i'd see that as a massive red flag um if you can't get a response from a company that's looking to speak to software engineers and you're applying to the role then the least you expect is an automated response to say you know you've been successful you've not been successful um and in general i think that's a really good gauge in terms of like a hiring business what is their recruitment process like um and this is probably a topic that could go on for hours and hours in itself but um if you're at an experience level and you've been through recruitment processes you know ultimately that um you know there's there's certain red flags that'll pop up you know if if you're being asked to do extremely long technical tasks um if there's you know more interviews than there needs to be and if it gets to a point where you feel like you're repeating yourself you may be having four or five stages that to me looks like a company that doesn't really know what they're doing just being totally kind of brutal and honest um if you find a company that's kind of got the uh, the hiring process kind of cracked down and they've got a really structured process and that's uh, a company that you probably want to work for more the only caveat to that i suppose is a startup like a very very young startup where they're probably still working it out themselves and i'm sure ravin when when you first interviewed with getground that was probably the case like you say there was only two permanent members of staff and they were the co-founders so it was always going to be a little bit more of an unstructured process but if you're speaking to a company that's got 100 plus staff and they're asking you to do five six stages and you're not hearing back and you're having to chase them it's probably a big uh, big red mark against the name for me um has anybody else got any other points that they'd like to, to kind of bring up or or anything else that you feel like would be, be valuable before we get wrapped up at all? Um, I was just going to uh, recommend uh, more resources, but I'm struggling to remember the name of one. Um, I guess like one thing is kind of, again, with a pinch of salt as well, but there's external certification sites, like great place to work, who assess different companies. Um, and they have the same criteria for different companies. So, so that might be a good place. There's another one that is specifically for remote working, but I forgot what it's called now. 
um, that assesses how flexible companies are or how flexible they really are in terms of working and when you go in. Um, so, so these are the two resources. The other thing is not a resource, but I'm always very careful with intern like their own website, especially like some companies have this career websites and it always has this videos of um very diverse workforce who are the happiest. Um so I I would again take that with a pinch of salt. Yeah, hundred percent I agree on that. Sorry, Gustav. Yeah. I also I was wondering if if you're interested in some stories how well for example was made redundant twice and like how how I have dealt with with the situation because the, the first time it happened I was I was completely crushed and it wasn't such a vibrant uh, technology market as it was right now um but yeah, if if we can continue on that, hundred percent. No, that'd be yeah. that'd be amazing to hear. If you're happy to talk about it, then yeah, please do. Yeah. So so I remember that you know I was probably something like twenty five and just decided to go to another company to do web development, and it was a startup, but they unfortunately didn't get like I think there was Series C or Series B funding, so they had to find uh, a way to cut funds. And well, I learned one thing from that because I was one of the people that was the always complaining the most about stuff in the office, but I wasn't actually doing a lot to improve the things that I didn't like. So I had this assumption that company bad, myself, the smartest person in the world. So it, I, I had to come to this realization that you know, maybe next time I'm going to first try to improve things before I'm going to start complaining. But yeah, the, the first couple of days were, were absolutely traumatic. So, you know, like uh, my parents, you know, were shocked. My friends were shocked. And, you know, like I remember people saying, what are you going to do right now? But even in that non-vibrant market, it took me about two weeks to find another three offers. Um, but But I had a big learning. And the second time this happened, I was just basically, um, yeah, one of the first in, first out, last in, first out situation. And I had a bit of experience because, you know, as managers, you also sometimes need to manage people's performance out. I, I've been in the situation where there were no redundancies, but I had to fire people. So um, I took it with like, okay. I understand these things happen regularly in some industries. Like a while ago, finance was known for doing, uh, firing people in December, hiring people in January, sometimes the same people. And yeah, I, I took it all right. I mean, like as long, you know, the, the one thing that, that I would still follow is like, I since my first redundancy, which I still think besides the massive stress that I had to go through, the biggest gift it gave me is that you need to continue growing, developing yourself, growing your networks, and maybe trying to proactively resolve problems before just flat out being the person that complains the most in the office. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm also guilty of being that person in the past as well. Um, so I totally understand where you're coming from. And I think your final point as well is really important that, you know, it, it doesn't matter kind of how comfortable you are in a position or anything like that. You, you've got to keep developing yourself, whether that's for the position that you're in at the moment or for, you know, even just personal things that you really want to get into as well. Make time for that because nothing can ever change the fact that that's going to be important to you. Um, so really important. And thanks for sharing that as well. Thanks for, um, for, for giving people that kind of experience that you've been through. Um, is anybody else got anything else they'd, they'd like to kind of bring up or or um, mention before we, we get wrapped up? All good. Okay, no problem. I've just thought as well one of the other um, tools, and I'll, I'll make sure that when we post this out on, on YouTube, um, I'll leave like as many links in the description as possible to, to different areas you can do research, so Glassdoor and everything like that. Another one is a company called Crunchbase, um, where you can do research on funding um, and like the financial situation within a business. Obviously, it's never a guarantee, but if you can do at least your kind of due diligence, then it will certainly help avoid some, um, yeah, some, some poor situations, hopefully. So, um, yeah, if, if that's... Sorry, Iris. No, I just remember that's a good point because I, I didn't know this, but maybe um, it's just not my world, but a company house has um, all the kind of reports and, and anything on on the companies, on public companies. Yes, really good point as well. That's something that we always do when working with businesses, check their kind of financing, um, like financial reporting history and everything like that to make sure that everything's in order. Um, and if that's not something that you kind of maybe you're, um, I guess, comfortable looking at or, or understanding full, find somebody who does. There's always someone who's um, kind of in that situation or understands those kind of documentations a little bit better. So, yeah, really, really important point. Cool. Well, thank you again, everyone, for, for taking the time out of your day to, to join. Um, hopefully that anyone watching this is going to find this useful. Um, and as we said, you know, if you are in that situation, you're certainly not the only person. Um, feel free to reach out to anyone that you feel like can be of support. And, you know, anyone who's who's worth their weight will be more than happy to have that conversation with you and, and hopefully put your mind at ease a little bit. Um, as I mentioned, I'll try and leave as many links as possible to areas that you can do research into a business. Uh, but as Iris, Ravin and Gustav have all mentioned, I think some of the key takeaways are that ultimately it's really important to do your research. But also sometimes if you have a gut feeling about something, it's, it's good to take a leap of faith and, and kind of trust in yourself that um, even if things don't work out, as we again mentioned, don't worry about having a short stint on your CV. Realistically, it's not that big of an issue. And I think if a company has an issue with that, that's more of a them problem than a you problem. Um, so don't be kind of afraid to, to make that jump a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone so much for, for your time and, and hopefully we'll all speak again soon. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Iris. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Take, take care, everyone. See you later.